Oh, oh, oh my god. Oh no. Oh, god. Oh, oh dear well. god. That is a really good oh, George we, we C. Keep Scott. That in. We can clip that and put it in the. Do you need to make this longer? No. Uh, oh. it <laughs> it's gonna be here. Are you ready? Yeah. Welcome to Shooting the Chindig. I'm Gar. And I'm Eric. And today we're joined by our good friend. Richard? Yeah. Hey! Yeah. All right. Not a question. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. You know what, what here. breaks me up all the time is my friend at work, who's straight, by the way. Yes. We'll do that. Hey, do fries come with that shake? And I know that's so ridiculous. That is so stupid. Yeah. Right. But it'll be a guy, it'll be a girl. It doesn't matter because, you know. A toddler. Yeah. <laughs> well, not that. No, but no. he's no. he he he's okay because he, he knows that I know that's funny. Yes. You know, if it's a guy and that's he's right, obviously man. swishing, Correct. he's like, hey, baby, the fry's good with that right. shit. And I don't even know what that means. But it's incredibly funny to me. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. It's just, it's just provocative. It's just yeah. a really stupid thing yeah. Yeah. that comes from yeah. the no, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I know. And, it, and it's funny that it doesn't mean anything to me, but I enjoy saying it. And yeah. I enjoy hearing somebody else even more say it to me. I totally get that. I <laughs> yeah. totally get that. Yes. Well, that you think it's funny is very insightful. Yeah. And... And if it were like me, and you know, I was straight, and it was women. Yes, that is demeaning. That's that's kind of offensive. See, the thing and is, is no matter how much we talk about that, men always look at women. Of course, and, and, and that's fine. Look at other men. Yes. I mean, that's just and lesbians look at, at chicks. Of course, and women look at dudes. And 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 none of that should be. But that's be... objectification. And and well, but some but amount of that be. is okay. But I think that's all right because I think that's what we do as humans. There's a difference between attraction and objectification. You can be turned on by a person without like treating people as objects. Well, how do you not do that if you're just looking at somebody and looking at their aesthetics? Well, I'm, I'm just saying the same I, I shit I always out. say. We're talking about is... objectification. No, no, and, and I, I, I think I, I we, no this is the thing. Really is so that's my thing about If we were allowed to just appreciate other people and it wasn't a thing... But don't you think I, that's I, so important that our brain tells us to reproduce? It doesn't matter if it's men with men or men with women or, or with anything. It doesn't matter. It's reproduce. Go out there and reproduce. We'll go out and have sex. Correct. Well, but I mean, sex like is instinctual. Sex is for the... Yeah, and, and it yes. should be okay, and it should be able to be very casual, and as long as everybody's on board, you know, nobody's going to want a relationship or something like that. What What is wrong with just having fun? You know? Absolutely. Up and having fun as long and as... And as long as everyone's on the same page? Yes. You know, consenting adults? Yeah. yeah. Everyone knows what's what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. It, and that's the most ridiculous thing to me is if I had kids, I would be expecting they're going to have sex. Yes. Just be careful, be safe, and don't get emotionally involved when you know you're 
you know, 16, and you're not going to marry that's this person. That's the hard person. part, because you and know, it at is that tough. age, you're trying to figure out sure. what that's about. But, but making believe that you don't think your kids are going to have sex because you raised them right, or they're religious, or whatever, them that's right. ridiculous. Well, I mean, that's just it's being ridiculous. naive. Yes. You're going to have sex, make sure you're protected. Exactly. Exactly. And, and prepared for what prepared. comes with all that. Just because this is your first person doesn't mean that's it for the rest of your that's life. Correct. Don't expect that it's what it is it's going to be nice it'll be hopefully hopefully good for you as it is for them but don't think oh i'm 14 i'm 15 this is yeah yeah, i'm in love and this is going to be it for the rest of my life absolutely and when you're that age you think fuck that this is going to be for the rest of my life yeah in spite of what everybody says in spite of people saying the reality yeah reality is the likelihood that you're with this person and there are people i know people actually that knew each other in school Mm -hmm. got together yeah the person they're with is the first person that they were with and, and that yeah. does happen, but... Not that, even that necessarily. But you sh- you don't need that pressure of going into those kinds of things that you're going to want to do. Yeah, I mean, if it works, it works. Being. If not, then that's also fine. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes yeah, you hit the, the home run the first at-bat, but yeah. most of the time... That's not likely, yeah. Yes, yeah, most of the time exactly. you don't. And, and that's okay. You get fine-tuned. Also, you don't know who you are movie. when you're 17. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and she doesn't know who she is, or he doesn't know who he is, yeah. or, or them doesn't know who they are. Yeah, and in 15 years, you might be totally different people. So almost, different people. You, you, almost guaranteed. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, even people who don't change that much change some, and they're still different people. Mm-hmm. Even dipshits. Yes. Even dipshits. I don't know about dipshits. Uh, no, no, even dipshits are different people 15 years later. They've had things Well, I come happen. from a place where dipshits run rampant, so... Well, yes, yes, but they are, still are different dipshits. It's true. And, There's and, dipshits everywhere, though. And, and I'll shit on where you're from, because it's crap. No offense. Yes. Yeah. Well, when you're young, you don't know. When you're trying to figure it out. We're talking about Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, big time. And, and sorry, which part of greater stupid... I'm from Phoenix. Phoenix proper. Yes. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking Scottsdale. No, at uh, the opposite end. I mean, yes. it was right on the border with Glendale. Gl- but, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's... Uh, They're hoping to which fill is, it in all the way to Tucson. Yes. The weird, uh, they, they will eventually, for, unless the water runs out. For a while, Glendale, Arizona, was home to the highest percentage of millionaires. Really? In the country. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Yep. And wow. and yep. it was really peculiar. But anyhow. It, I mean, it's a big retirement state. Exactly. Right you know, Arizona yeah. and Florida what have happened? very similar. It's funny because now they're flipped. Now, between the two of them, Arizona is the more progressive one and Florida is the more degenerate one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas 15 years ago, was Florida was more progressive because of the, of the yes. newer snowbirds and Arizona was, was the like World War II veteran yeah, crowd. Yeah, because and they so had more, the huge retirement communities. Yeah, absolutely. Both, but both states. Both yeah. states do, yeah. Sun City. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're both crazy. Let me be on the record, you know. Arizona and Florida, you know, also I hate the hot weather, so I'm biased. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you I this. I've been in Florida in the summer, in the heat. 
Oh, and yeah. I I would pick Arizona weather over Florida weather in the summer. Really humid. Because this girl, I'm I'm Cajun, horrible. so I know about about hot, it's humid, horrible. muggy summers. You get out of the shower, you get dressed, you and walk outside, wet. and you're wet the whole time you're out Correct. there. Yeah. It is so uncomfortable. And you can't least, sweat it out because the sweat is but it's drying off in yeah. Phoenix. saying it didn't take. Yeah, my job didn't take. When I would be like in high school and I'd be visiting my grandmother whatever and i'd be like jogging and it would be like it's like you're swimming through the air yeah yeah sometimes unbearable it, it feels really thick even when yeah, you're breathing soupy. it feels thick when it's really right. humid and that's something i never had in phoenix and i'm Polar not saying opposite. i you know one or the other if it right. was an option of you know no politics or anything like that well florida is beautiful it's green all every plant you could imagine grows there right and is mm -hmm. it hot and humid yeah but is it hot and dry in arizona yeah, yeah but it, i don't like the desert landscape yeah. so to me i would rather live somewhere where it's green and beautiful right i agree so yeah not much to look at if it's gonna be hot no. i'd rather it be uh cinder block arid houses than and the white humid. pickup trucks with american flags on them. <laughs> not just white but i would never yeah, live in arizona I, I just, and if you want to know where, to where they're all parked they're all parked up the corner <coughs> from mom's house at ronnie's cafe it is it's actually pretty good food but it is so scary the people that go there that i don't want any part of it and there's people with cowboy hats that walk in well see that's the thing is people here people here think cowboy hats and boots is like a costume you wear at halloween correct and it's like no that's no, what i grew up that with that's Arizona. what people over there wear <laughs> It's cowboy house well, it and cowboy. Yeah, well, and I and I get that. And Arizona is the West. It is, and it's incredibly hicky, even in the 21st century. The I southern half really of Arizona and New Mexico were on the Confederate side of the Civil War because technically New Mexico and Arizona are below the Missouri Compromise line, and so technically free game for slavery. Mm. So when the Civil War happened, uh, the New Mexico Territory, which was a sensibly on the Union side, split in two, and the southern half, which was called Arizona Territory, but it was the southern half of both New Mexico and Arizona, whereas the northern half was New Mexico, which was the northern half of New Mexico and Arizona. Confusing. Was on the Confederate side. It's crazy. So that's where, I mean, Barry Goldwater was from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the precursor to the modern day Republican Party. Yeah. He dressed in drag. <laughs> He was terrifying. There you go. Well, you know, the thing that I remember when I was in high school mm -hmm. and Barry Goldwater came and spoke to our senior class, <coughs> you know, as a government really? thing. Yeah. He scared my parents. And you know, actually, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm oddly, I don't dislike him. And, you know, because I'm staunchly democrat but so republican even older republicans but he impressed you which was he did as as a person but what i've found out over the years and if you grew up there you kind of know is he was a really big well-respected photographer of arizona you're kidding no very gold yeah he totally was really? a lot of his work came out in arizona highways wow. magazines and he had one of the most significant collections of kachina dolls 
Really? Which he donated to the Heard Museum Whoa. in Phoenix. And I've seen, when I was back there the last time, I think, a documentary on PBS about his life. And he was really respectful of the Native American community at a time where that wasn't really a thing. But he mm. did. And, and my gut feeling is I realize his politics were a little different than mine. Right. But even towards the end, I know a lot of Republicans were really, well, he's obviously senile because he was coming out in favor of gay rights and marriage. And Barry, that Goldwater part, yeah, Barry Goldwater. And part of that was because he had a grandson that was gay, is gay. And, but he was open enough to realize that there's a lot of different things out there. And the Republic, his own party was saying he's senile. You know, he doesn't know mm -hmm. what he's talking about yeah. because they didn't like that he was coming out in favor of that. How about that? And I so that. I had a little more respect that's for him. That's an interesting fact. Yeah. I'd like to research and, that. and that's the thing is back then, you know, Democrat and Republican, well, they were different in philosophy and their ideals, but... It wasn't like one was totally hating on the other. And he's of that generation. You know, I think when Reagan came around, well, that was different. He was just... Well... Yeah. But Barry, <laughs> but Barry Goldwater was part of what sowed that differentiation, that sort of culture war. He was sort of that father of the modern conservative movement, yeah. which is sort of, you know, like... Yes, he was of a different era, so he wasn't as bad as the things that he fostered but exactly. he was a big part of that well, sure. culmination yeah. yeah and i understand uh, that and you know uh, we've talked about this before gar you know like that's part of uh hillary clinton's background because she was very christian growing up still was you know should have played that up in when she was running if she were you know smart she would have she would have played up the like oh i'm a hardcore methodist can quote you scripture chapter and verse uh, but she was a Goldwater girl growing up in uh she illinois a Goldwater girl she was a fan wow. of barry goldwater you know and her like Teens, wow. or early twenties, or you know how old she was then. You know, I can't do math, but Hillary Clinton, sixty-four. I was at that party at Karen's house when Karen's mother, who was very strict Republican, was talking to a room full of people and said, "I hate Hillary Clinton." Mm -hmm. And there was a little silence, and in that silence, I said, "She says some very nice things about you," <laughs> and everybody laughed. She didn't hear it though because she was on that where she wanted to talk about why she didn't like Hillary Clinton. And did she say why she didn't like her? Uh, I didn't care. At that point, it was, I, got oh, laugh, okay. I got the laughs and I was satisfied. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. I think I walked out after that. Mm. There you are. Hey, Gar. Yeah. So last time we talked about coleslaw. Do you want to tell the coleslaw story? Uh, yeah. I had a girlfriend... Her name was Stacy, mm -hmm. and she had a dad that worked for Volkswagen as a janitor in the main office in Culver City, uh -huh. and he provided for his family, mm -hmm. but he wasn't very bright, and he was an alcoholic, uh -huh. and he used to carry me around the house. He'd grab my head, and he'd carry me around the house, and he'd pat me on the head and say, your top drawer, your <laughs> top drawer. And he was one of those alcoholics that would binge. So he'd drink and drink and drink and drink for like three, four weeks straight. And then he wouldn't drink for three or four weeks. So when he was lucid and not drunk, he was a different person than when he was drunk. And of course, that was when he carried me 
around the house. So which was the better, when he was drunk or sober? Well, I would have to say sober was much better, but when he was drunk, he had a song called the Coleslaw Song <laughs> that he sang, and he added verses to it over the years. But it would start off, I've got coleslaw and all of my pockets over you. It sounded like that. Uh, my little darling, coleslaw. It. So I was in a band, Junior G-Men at the time, and we played at this club that was known for its punk history. Darby Crash killed himself there. It was a big event, I guess. Anyway, we were playing at this club. Where was this? What was the club? It, uh, it's called Club 88. It was oh. on Pico. Oh, okay. And it's not there anymore. And so we were playing there. And after we were done, Stacy's dad walked up on stage. And I'm thinking, oh, no, he's going to ruin it. You know, he, he gets up on the microphone. He starts singing the Coleslaw song. And then the sound man turned him up and... Pretty soon the crowd was all singing along a coleslaw in all of my pockets over you, my little darling. And that's basically it. I think that's, I hit all the... Oh, uh, what about the part where he goes, go home and fuck that bitch? Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it, you know, he's ruining it. You know, he's making us look bad. But he, he didn't. He made us look better. Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say? I said, what about when he would say, uh, when we go home, fuck that bitch, or whatever. Oh, yes, and that old bird. Oh, so yeah, even he better. Drunk, he, his wife, Stacy's mother. Long-suffering she, smart woman. She was, yeah, she was intellectual, and she went, and she worked at the Museum of Natural History. Here? Yeah, in oh. L.A., oh. and that was her job. She worked there for many years. Mm. Um, and then she would come home, and, and she would sit at the kitchen table and read. Mm -hmm. And and Stacey's dad would go off on his little tirades, whatever they were, you know. And they would say, "I'm going to go in there and fuck that old bird." Mm. <laughs> I, I can check it out. Yeah, Stacey's dad. That sounds like a, a British thing to okay. say to refer to somebody as a bird. Yes, but it was it was so non-British. It was just this white guy. Just working he, class. He worked. Yeah, mm -hmm. he the salt, salt of the earth. Chatsworth. So that was Stacy's dad. And well, you know. Also, Stacy's dad. He had a big family. He had eight, eight kids. Oh. So in, inevitably, something would get broken at the house, like the plumbing or the electricity or sure. something. And he'd go in there to fix it. And from wherever he was, he would go, "Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> damn it!" And it got to the point where the kids would kind of like laugh at him, you know, like for being in there fixing the plumbing, and you know. God, yeah, that was a long time ago. You know what I always say is, damn it, Janet. From That's damn it, Janet. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think maybe, well, we did see the play when somebody staged it in, mm. in Phoenix, a small you know, really? company. Yeah, yeah but I, I don't know that I've ever girl. seen the movie. What? But I no. know that's like a real oh, thing. You have to see that movie? <laughs> so, but every time I say, uh, like, damn it, Janet. 
Gar, you know who loves that movie is my is my mother. Movie, yeah, I'll bet she does. Yes, yeah, it's a it's a fine one. It came out in 1975. I realize uh, that, and I know who's in it, and I love them. I, but you not know, only do you need to see it, you need to go to the theater and watch it. Well, that's the one thing I've I I, I don't know. Do they still do that? Oh or? my god, yeah, they still At do the that. New Art Theater, the New Art Theater. Really? Yeah, Gar, I told you about the time that I shame my family name at the New Art Theater, right? No. Oh, wow. when I, when I vomited everywhere and then like uh, like had to Uber home and they thought that I was on heroin, but I was just too drunk for the. Really? Oh yeah! Oh my god! Oh. I was. It, it was. It was a. Well, that's was a good a, story. I definitely told you that before, but oh, it's a classic. It's a, oh man, <laughs> an embarrassing moment for me, and that that never happened to me before. You know, I was just you know. Wow. All because of Rocky Horror Picture Show. See, the funny thing is, any of my two drunk stories, I I don't really remember. So it's up to somebody else to tell well, me. Well, I, I remember happened. the basic factors of it. Like, I don't, like, I, I, most of that night is just sort of. Okay, so I remember, like, I was at the Eagle Bar uh-huh. in Silver Lake. Uh huh. And I know we got home from there uh, in an Uber, so <laughs> I know that much. Yeah. But, like, Bruce has shared with me some of the details of what happened. I was like, really? Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Wow. And, you know, I was... You think that's a good thing that you don't remember? I don't... I'm kind of curious, actually, to know... And you know how now Ray-Ban makes these Wayfarers that have cameras in them? Oh, cameras! Yeah, and I keep telling Bruce, I said, I want to get some of those. I want to have those as my regular glasses with Mm -hmm. regular lenses so I can see. Mm -hmm. So that way I could... And I think it hooks up to your phone, and that's what actually records what's going on. I'm a big fan of Wayfair. And I'm like, I would love just to know what happened in those times where between brunch and, you know, getting home, I don't know really what happened. Or at the bar where after like the fourth round, it's like, I know we got home from there. I remember getting out and getting in the front door, but I don't really remember what happened between there. And I think it would be kind of fun. You think it was anything significant? Well, Bruce says that I had my pants pulled down. So that's a little significant. That could be embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, I was going down on some guy at the bar. And, at the know, bar? Yeah. It was the Eagle, though. And I mean, they're kind of known for they that, do that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, in Phoenix, it's been much worse. I mean, I'm worse? Sh- yeah. I mean, there's a cruisy bar there in Phoenix that I, I would go to when I was there, you know, to kind of, because I don't really like spending time by myself. Right. And when I would be there, mom would be in the hospital or something like that. Right. And I would come home after visiting hours and I'm like, I don't want to be home by myself. So I would go to the bar. Yeah. And I would have a few drinks and, you know, one thing led to another and I was doing something. So, yeah. I mean, I've been very active in one but of the But you didn't have Bruce there. there to tell you what you did. No, I didn't. But I'm sure because everybody videos everything that somewhere on the internet is a video of me doing something in the bathroom at the Anvil Bar in Phoenix. I thought it was the Eagle Bar. <laughs> That Eagle Bar is here oh, in Silver, Silver Lake. Lake. Yes. Yeah, the Anvil yeah. Bar is in Phoenix. Uh, yeah. The Anvil Bar. So it's really, it's a nice bar. To return yeah. to that point from earlier, I wouldn't want to be in either Florida or Arizona. Fuck both of that. This is way too hot. Yes. Well, besides that, though, the gay scene is 
repressed over there in both states, right? Yeah, you know, it's actually better now in Phoenix than it was when we lived there. Really? Yeah, there's, there's a more obvious presence and... It's significant as far as being there and being visible. Mm-hmm. And there's even actually the the part of town where Bruce lived um, when we were, you know, dating is right there in the heart of the gay district, pretty much How about in that? Phoenix. Yeah. So that's actually, he lived behind a gay bar. And I keep saying to him, why did we not go to the bar like every night when you live behind there? Because we didn't have to worry about getting home because yeah. you lived right there, right, right behind us. So we yeah, just had to And it was so lost weird opportunity. That we really, yeah, it was. It actually was kind of a, like a lost opportunity. Really? Yeah, it's so odd that we did. You know what? Well, everything's obvious in retrospect, you know? Yeah, but you know what the biggest factor is that since we first met, that we have never really had a lot of means you know we've never Mm. both been making good money or anything like that so Mm. it's always been we're needing to watch all the uh you know what we spend everything on what does Mm. that have to do with anything because otherwise we would be at the bar every night you know if we had the money to spend on drinks if you had the money to spend you wouldn't you wouldn't go there and let it, let them sucker you for the price of drinks actually you party at home in yeah and you're right but in phoenix drinks alcohol's pretty cheap at the bars it's not like here you know it's a little more expensive come to think here. of it we went to a bar my ex-wife and i went to a bar to meet a couple mm. and they just poured these it was like rum and coke was half rum and the rest coke. It, it was cheap stuff. Yeah. And so I got really sick. And really. On the way, wow. on the way back to meet this couple, and but once that happened, I was okay. Uh-huh. I was fine after that. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean that could be true. Maybe they make stiffer drinks in Arizona than here. Well, it's cheaper. Yeah, it's cheap with cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, the the thing I've noticed is, and I kind of try to convey this, is when you go, and even though the drinks are cheap, tip really well. Yeah. Because after, you know, one or two rounds, you notice that your bartender is pouring you a little stiffer drink. Mm-hmm. You know, because oh, he appreciates yeah. the fact that you, yeah, the drink is cheap, but don't tip cheap. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, and you give it to the, the bartender rather than the bar. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So but that's a you know worker focused action. You know, reward the person who's doing the work as opposed to the establishment. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. A little proletariat. Yeah. yeah. We all fight the good fight in all the ways that we can. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, have each other's back. You know, that's what, you know, we're always talking about. Yes, yeah, so they closed the a lot of the places because of the pandemic. Yeah. The places where you would go, right? Yes. So now what do you do? Well, it's, it's kind of a little frustrating, you know, because you don't have the variety anymore. Right. Of different places to go. Uh, yeah. So it's... Each one kind of has its own mood and the kind of clientele they attract. What does? Each, each of the different yes, places. Yes. Like if you're talking about 
bars or like the sex clubs and stuff like that, all of them would kind of have their different clientele that tends to go there. Mm. You know, like in Phoenix, they have two sex clubs. One's a bathhouse, you know, from way back. You're talking about gay sex clubs. Yes, gay sex clubs. Yeah. And the Flex is like a traditional bathhouse that has the sauna and the pool and all that. And then the shoot is in in the middle of the city, but it doesn't have like pool or hot tub or anything. It does have a steam room, but it's more of a, a sex club. Yeah. You know. Are they open now? And they are open. Oh. But they used to be open 24 hours, and now they're not. Mm. And I heard from somebody at the bar when I was uh, in Phoenix, and he was saying that the reason they weren't open 24 hours after the pandemic is because they were starting to get a lot of homeless people who would you know pay for their time 12 hours or whatever it was and there. just stay there and, and like stay there yeah, yeah but just for that because that yeah. was a way to get hotel. out and have a place to stay take a bath and all that well, that's actually a smart idea it, of course it is yeah. yeah but he said that that's the reason that they hadn't gone back to 24 hours i mean the flex still is you know and like i said that's a bathhouse and you yes, know they got the what pool do you do here? And hot tub and all that so but what do you do here now? Here, the only game in town is the Slammer. What's the Slammer? The Slammer is in Silver Lake. It's a sex club, so you're not walking around in a towel or anything like that. Get out of a pool. It's just, you know, like a lot of opportunities for sex. And it's, you know, gay men. And I think I told you that one time that there was a guy who thought that it was men and women. And he said, are there any women here? And I said, no, there's not. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know Poor if I gave him his money back or what, but, yeah, so that was kind of funny. <clears throat> That's why, in the just straight, regular swing clubs, they don't allow single men. Right. And for my ex Because there would be nothing but a bunch of men and hardly any women. That's correct. correct. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted to avoid that. Sure. And for my ex-wife, that was a plus if they let in single men. Well, yeah. So then they agreed to do this one club was agreed to do Sunday Sunday mm. nights they'll allow single men yeah. but you know who comes on Sunday night you know work is well nice that's night. part of the reason though is you know a slower night and to Correct. get more business and they know that men are going to pay to get in in the hopes that there's going to be you know some opportunity for well, absolutely and, because and sex yeah. sells you know yeah. that's the thing with straight men, men are horn dogs yeah. no, no all, all men they're all men yeah gay men just with exactly. a different target we'll go for anything that's going to get them off exactly and so that's i think there is a lot of married men yeah. that do that yeah uh, absolutely especially over 40. I, you know, you're exactly the, right. You know, you know, the kids are grown. And yep. Sex with the wife is stale. and Yeah, or non-existent. And, or non-existent. And yeah. They're still horny. Yeah. And other men, their age Men are horny always too. horny. It doesn't matter what age they are. Correct. Even if they're still having trouble getting it up, they're yeah. still horny. <laughs> you know? If it works, they... Uh, yeah. That's why Viagra and Cialis. Yeah. And I've told you my story, I'm, sh- I'm <laughs> sure. I've told everybody about... Giving the guy a blowjob at the adult theater in Phoenix, like a few blocks away from the fairgrounds. And he was talking to his wife on the phone, telling her, oh, yeah, I just dropped the kids off. I'll be back in a couple hours to pick them up. 
And I was giving him a blowjob while he's talking to her on the phone. I mean, because, yeah, it was right down the street. The fairgrounds was right down the street from where I was. And and it's like, there's a whole bunch of... they don't tell their wives. No. They don't tell their friends because they might look gay. No. I, last time I was in Phoenix, I was messing around with the guy I worked with. And it took me a few minutes to figure out... Yeah. Who he was, but I'm like, I kept looking at him thinking, he looks familiar. And I realized I worked with him at the city of Phoenix. And he was married to a woman at that time. Right. I don't know if he still was, but I finally figured out who the hell he was. I'm like, oh, that's Ken. I remember him. Uh And obviously, he didn't remember me. I looked a lot different way back then. But I'm like know who you are and he was there looking for whatever he could get yeah correct yeah it's not a matter of even preference no it really is exactly yeah Yeah. and and that's fine as long as everybody's there for that reason absolutely no big deal it's fine for women too yeah exactly and that's the thing i don't understand it's like that is the worst excuse for a relationship to break up is that somebody had a dalliance Mm -hmm. it's like that's going to happen. Yeah. If they're not emotionally connected to that person, why do you care? Well, my first wife and me at the time thought, okay, you're having sex with somebody and you're exclusive and that's the way it should remain. Okay. Um, and her brother used to say to her, why do you have to marry every man you fuck? Because she, she married oh. me. <laughs> but it was, I was her second marriage. Oh. and. What he was saying in that statement is sex and love are two different things. Exactly. Yeah. And men do, I have to say, men understand that maybe not consciously because it's always about them having affairs sure. or behind the backs of their wives yeah. or whatever. Whereas if it were something discussed, like, can I do this? It's like, uh, it's Eric okay. has something, <laughs> a story about that because you had a girlfriend that used to tell you. Sorry, uh, a story about, uh, remind me what the story's about. I was uh, spacing out there for a second. You had a girlfriend that told you, go, you can go have sex with other people. Oh, yeah. Well, Betsy. Betsy. Point of that story uh, was, um, Betsy was like, we had a nice, well, it was a complicated relationship, but, you know, she'd tell me, like, you know, you can fuck other girls, it's fine. Like, I'd be okay with that. Which a younger me would have been like, oh, that's the dream. Just go out and just fuck other girls. But the crazy thing was, I didn't want to. I just, you know, huh. I had no interest in it. Which, you know, a younger me would have been like, are you crazy? Why not just get a little bit of strange? But, you know, I just didn't have any, you know, I was I was good with what Betsy was putting out. Wow. That is... Really... Both, both emotionally and physically. So, you know, it, it was, you know, it scratched both itches. Yeah. It, it, and I think for me, that's been one of the confusing things is that I don't most of the time get emotionally attached to somebody just because I'm physical with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. I and, mean, as Garrett always says, there's two different things. I problem with that. And, and I know that that's kind of what is put out there for us, and, you know, if, especially if we're straight. But, you know, you're supposed to be with somebody physically and emotionally that you care about. And it's like, no, I mean, you, sometimes you just want sex. Absolutely, and, and that's totally and fine. And that should be okay to just have sex and know this is it. There's no connection between us whatsoever. And if we should do this again, that's great. But we're never going to be emotionally involved in a relationship 
talking about each other's but hopes and dreams and feelings. On the other side, they think that too. That's they're there for anonymous sex. Absolutely. And, and I think that in our culture, especially, it's really challenging to say, I just want unencumbered sex. Do you think so? Real, really? Today? People don't readily admit it. I think in at some point in our past, in I think ways, in the 70s in and stuff, it was okay to be for free love and just being with whomever well, you wanted to. But nowadays... But now it's like not really acceptable to n- Nowadays, I think there are strata of society. I'm in a relationship, but I would just like to have sex with people sometimes well the people who have like the polyamorous relationships and was talking to another mother i have a daughter and i was talking to a mother of Uh another child and i started she asked me how i was and all this and we had known each other Uh and she and i said something about i don't want to have another relationship i just i'm so comfortable not having it it's the first time in my life sure that i felt feel like i don't need anybody yeah and I was telling you that, and I said, you know, and if I could find somebody to roll around with every now and uh-huh. then. And then she giggled, and then I told her the whole story of the time that I found somebody to roll around with. And and then I thought, oh, TMI, you know, it's just yeah. Oh, yeah. way too much information. Mm-hmm. And, and and now I feel bad. I always feel like I'm going to, I need to apologize. Nah, well. You know, I wasn't looking at it like sex. Yeah. You know, and that, and that branches into the whole thing of sex being fluid like we were talking about. Remember well, certainly. We were talking about sex being fluid. It's, All things are on a spectrum. It's not static in, in yeah. for over time. Yeah. You, know? you may have different views of it. Yeah. But those change. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like you like, can't step into the same river twice. Yes. You would have one version of what you would be looking for ten years oh, ago as opposed to now. The lighter. And right. and it it's nice because hopefully if we're doing life right, we get broader as we get older and more mature. So maybe we thought we would only want to be with these certain people. 10, 20 years ago, but now it's like, yeah, I can see being with these or these, you know, it might be right. kind of fun. Well, it could grow, be a good variety. It, you grow, it, and yeah. that's that's the, that's the point with everything, you know, with what movies you enjoy seeing, what music you like listening to, and hopefully the kind of people you want to be around, that you're more broad as you get older. Where, for, where for, I know that, like for me, some of the people I went to high school with, According to Facebook, they've stayed just as narrow as right. they were. Absolutely. In and it's like, okay, well, yeah. you know, if nothing else, I've gotten broader yes. and more accepting than I was in high school, well, and you, I am happy about that. You're not the norm, though, you know, or or. But I don't get do that think, because I never think, think of myself as anything. Yeah, well, unusual. I mean, usual. I don't think of myself as an anomaly. I think no. if I'm like this. Everybody else has to have gotten yes, like this. Well, I, mean, I think that's the the ideal, right? Is to just continue, is to be dynamic as a person, just yeah. to keep growing from your experiences. And I think that a lot of people do that, but a lot of people do stagnate. And I think a big part of it for a lot of people is when they start having kids, and so then they're more focused on that, and they're just less tuned into the world around them. And so then they sort of fossilize the sorts of stuff that they're feeling at that time. I guess what... Not for everyone, but... What confuses me is that some of the people that 
I've kept in touch with through Facebook mm-hmm. uh, that I went to high school with have basically, in my mind, turned into their grandparents. Or maybe on top of the... And, and I'm like, you were cool and hanging out and smoking pot in the park right. at, you know, lunchtime. Yeah. And now you've basically turned into your grandparents yeah. that yes. are living yeah. in, you know, Sun City. It's like, what the hell happened to you? Like, one of the cool guys that was on the football team is posting religious shit. And I'm like, what the hell happened to yeah. you? Huh. I mean, right. you were cool. You were like somebody that yeah, I could not friends. hope to be friends yeah, yeah. with. And now you're like posting religious shit. And it's like, what? How did that happen? I don't get that. You're supposed to get broader and more exposed and open as you get older. Well, you would think because you're logical and you're open. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are not like that. They find something and they go, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is this is a path I'm taking. I get in my car at this time. I go to work. I come back. Whatever. As I was saying, you fossilize. You know, you just get into I, a rut. I have friends that have segmented their life that way, and it works for them because they found a I don't know an organization for their family. And they, you may know families like this. They have Christmas cards where they're all dressed in white and smiling. And, you know, we're the happy flim-flam family, you know, whatever. I've seen that. I don't, I didn't, never knew anybody like that. Those are always the shockers when they break up or, wow, they were so in love. What happened, you know? Mm. And they're just like anybody else they're just segmenting their life and making it look like they got their shit together okay none of us really have our shit together because we don't know why we're here or how we fit into a bigger universe but some of us don't don't even bother thinking about that we're not either well and 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 maybe for the better you know like i mean because (laughs) as i'm always telling gar over here you know like uh the universe is scary to think about because there's no real meaning to it. And, like, we all have to sort of, like, create our own meaning. And if you have something to cling to, you know, some vague religious beliefs or whatever, then you've got sort of, sort of source of meaning. And if you don't, then you kind of have to make your own meaning. And that's scary. Yeah. It's sure. scary and it's empowering at the same time. I agree exactly so much. Right. Be- exactly Betsy struggled right. with this quest. Oh, yeah, while you were away, Gar, we, we talked about how uh, Betsy was like, oh, yeah, you can fuck other people. And I was like, but I didn't want to, which is crazy, because a, a younger Eric would have been all on that. Right. But I got everything I needed emotionally and physically from Betsy, and so... Well, it taught you the lesson about what was actually more important, and... I, I had already learned that lesson, her, actually. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and it was proof of that. It was. It was proof in the pudding, and, absolutely. And, and that's a wonderful thing. You know, and the fact that she would be so much into that idea that... We have something else. Mm-hmm. We have something that's going to be better, inevitably better, or hopefully better than just anonymous sex. And again, sex is, you know, it's a, it, it's a big cauldron because our reptilian brains are telling us to mate and reproduce, but we've added things to it to provide for a long period of growth for our children because they require long, many years yes. of, of growth. They're not reptiles. They don't just immediately go into the environment and they're fine so because of that we need to nest so we need to find those relationships that are deep and strong and worthwhile the problem is our culture has has put together sex with that 
Well, they are related. Uh, They're not the same thing. Absolutely. There's an important distinction, and you can have intimacy without sex, and you can have sex without without emotions. You know, yeah. Absolutely. And everything in between. Everything in between. Yes. And a lot of it is you could be told these things when you're young, but I think the real proof in the pudding is whether you're learning from the lessons of the mistakes that you're making. Well, that's the, that's the goal for all of us, always. You know, it's we should be lifelong learners, and, and but it fucking up itself. is the strongest teacher. It shows itself so much in sex. It does, and, and in, in relationships. And the weird thing is, my friend, who I just got back into touch with last year, I, hadn't, I haven't talked to him since I met Bruce, actually. Why? Because we had a falling out, and I was like stubborn. And I was like, you know what? I'm fine if he calls me and wants to reconnect, but I'm not going to call him. Maybe it's your fault because he probably. It wasn't the same my thing. fault. That's the whole He's point. Saying, I'm not going to call him until he calls no, me. No, because I remember, and I will never bring it up unless he brings it up first. But I know why we stopped talking because, uh, and and. I totally was not being unreasonable and it was just like a last straw sort of thing where he, he's a very high maintenance friend and I love him dearly but he's very high maintenance mm-hmm. and it's like this last thing is like okay I can't handle that right you know and we just ha- I had a blow up and I realized that was my fault the blow up but if he called me the next day I'd be fine I wouldn't have cared, but he didn't. And so we never talked again until, you know, last year. And he found oh, out. He did call. Oh, okay. he, he, yeah, he reached out to me because right. he was thinking about my mom and he Googled. He found out she had passed. And so he reached that out to nice. me to let me. Yes, it was very nice. And so every day we're like texting back and forth like a couple of like 12 year olds. And it's really nice because I work in a very isolated environment. So it's nice to have somebody that's connecting with me throughout the day, you know? So it's not work-related, but it's nice. Well, not everything has to be work-related. Oh, please. Any any more is, does anything have to be? Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Now, Richard's back. He's going to tell you what he thinks of it. Well, I think that we're what getting ready. To, I think we're getting ready for a, another round. Whenever you're, I do need another round. Okay. Yes. What do you think you're going to have now? Shandy is always available. Do you Shandy, like a Shandy? That Richard? would be okay. Yes, Shandy is always very nice. Yeah. Who knows what weird, you know, Who good stuff we'll say? Who knows what we'll be talking about next? Yeah. Okay. The of Ethiopia. So you were talking about um, Ching Tao. Yes, we love the Ching Tao beer. Yeah. Because it it gives us dully ones and our wadi dots. Oh hey Richard, what are you what are you drinking over there? I think it's a shanty. Oh a shandy, yeah. Yes. Hey Gar, tell us about a shandy. Now a shandy is half for us, it's half Qingtao beer and half lemonade. Yeah. It's traditional in, in England. Really? Now their lemonade over there is sparkling. Oh. So it'll be like half beer and half lemonade, but for them it's sparkling. Okay. In Germany... Uh, it's because they don't know any better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, it's just a difference of, of culture yeah. or whatever. 
in in Germany, they find it a very refreshing drink, and so they will have it after they, they go out cycling, and so they call it a radla, which means a cyclist. And I had told Gar that several times, and then I well, happened. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, it had come up a couple of times. No, 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 no. no. Gar remembered, you know, because we we love drinking our shandies, and Gar loves uh, citrus fruits. Okay, uh, so now. We were talking about this band. They're no longer, I don't think they're any longer around. They were an interesting band. I don't know where they are now. I should research. Oh. Uh, so really what was the name of this? Uh, this is uh, Math Muse uh, Math? Muse Math, yeah. And I liked them because there was a, a progressive element in their music. Oh. Yet they remained kind of poppy like that uh-huh. like this is a perfect song it's yeah. you know it's got the, the verse and the chorus yep. and it's got that lick which uh. keeps you in the song yeah uh it's her it's a trick you know it's a it, 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 you know it just keeps you in sure. oh they're oh i i know that you know well i'm just thinking from my point of view i don't know who they are but at least two of them i would totally want to bang so you know uh, it's on your mind yeah wait, exactly wait. but i mean Come it on. engages me it makes me want to especially with the video it makes me want to watch excuse me richard follow-up question which two would you bang yeah, which two? uh the Here two that are. are right there in the front seat yeah, yeah. well first off mr on the left here yeah you know, I see what you're saying. You know, like, that's the kind of guy that I'm like, you know, like, he knows what's up. Yeah. But the other one, because... Well, the other one is your classic hunk or whatever. You know, he, yeah, he's, he's the, he, he's boy the, the one doing the singing and yeah. all well, that. So it engages player, you. Which he only plays a little bit in the, that yeah. video. Uh, but if you look, I mean, uh, come on, people. Uh, this looks like something that might be alive performance because they're very so tell me mentioned till i mentioned them tonight uh-huh i haven't thought about them since they were around and i really loved them when they were around and just haven't thought about them because they're not around so Hmm. or at least that i'm aware of yeah no, that's like post-rock or something, right? Yeah, it's experimental and it's uh, melodic. Yeah, my friend Thad is really into the like post-rock sort of stuff now. And it's funny because like that's not a thing I'd ever really heard of before. I'd never uh, heard of it. Uh, and he was like, oh, I'm getting into this. And I was like, oh, okay. And I look it up and I'm like, oh, I like this band. I like this band. I like this band. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I like post-rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had never, you know, it was one of those... I mean, progressive rock was that for me. You know, I I liked right. Magma well, and Pink Floyd and whatever. You would, you would really get into them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I was talking about in terms of discovering you genres. Do some interesting stuff. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's I dig that. Now we had gone to see They Might Be Giants yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, talk a little and bit about you that. Were there. Oh no, you you weren't there. You were there. I was there. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that guy. Talk a little about the concert well, we went they to. They had us packed in like sardines. Oh heard. yeah. Yes. And then wherever you stood, you weren't supposed to stand there. That's my only gripe about it. How so? Well, it was standing room only, but it wasn't very clear which areas were designated for which kinds of tickets they or whatever. Packed okay. in. Sure. Yeah. So there was no room for anybody else. Mm-hmm. So you were on the outskirts of the line, then you were. And what I was thinking the whole time is they do this because this is regulation. This is fire regulation. Sure. 
And I'm thinking, if there was a fire or some other thing, those people would still stampede. Yes. They would. It wouldn't make any difference if they had those aisles cleared or not. The yeah. People are stampeding. Of course. So that's the silly part about it. It's like they could have packed us into sardines and had us take up the aisles too. It would have made no difference in safety yeah. <laughs> whatsoever. Well, as I was saying before, you know, I mean, concerts are always a fire hazard. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed the show. As I said, they did a made a video of themselves playing a song backwards and then played it back in the second act. Mm -hmm. And it was cool. It was oh. cool hearing that song. Yeah. They sang and performed it backwards and then but recorded it and then they played that recording, played backwards and created a, a forwards version of the song. Just to clarify for our audience. It, it was such a they might be giant thing to do. Uh-huh. Oh, it was so up their alley. Oh, my God. I remember, I think, on Conan O'Brien, I want to say, wow. they were on, and they did a song, mm -hmm. and they said, we're going to record this on an Edifone, the Edison. Oh, yes. The early Edison oh, wax okay. cylinders yeah. that you put in, you can record yourself. Uh -huh. And so they recorded the entire song on the Edifone, and then at the end credits, they played the Edifone oh, wow. version. It was really cool oh. sounding. I mean, the Edifone is technically analog, you know? Yes, it's, it was a totally analog recording and such a they might be joyous thing to do. Mm. Yes. Again, they're very nerdy, but very creative in their nerdiness. That is their appeal to me is the nerdiness. That, right, but they're not nerdy like in that in that sort of like, oh, I like... Really nerdy. And, and they, uh -huh. they sing about nerdy things. And when Eric was a young boy, he used to watch the Cartoon Network and they would play in between the cartoons. Um, yes. Well, yeah. And so, what was the song they played? Well, okay. Well, see, and on this one, actually, technically, this would have been on the Nickelodeon, mm -hmm. um, but uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yes. Well, so there was a show, Tiny Tunes. I think I've talked to you about this before, Gar. Uh, yes. Which is a, um, you know, it was all the Warner Brothers characters, but in a younger form. It was by the Warner Brothers oh. Studios, but but it, it was actually originally on, I think, Fox, mm -hmm. but then was re-aired on Nickelodeon. That's um, right. Anyway, so they did Particle Man and um, and Istanbul, not Constantinople, on Tiny Tunes. You know, Tiny Tunes used to do like uh, animated music videos, and Tiny Tunes actually had instead of like ten thousand cells, they had twenty five thousand cells. It was a very well animated show. Gar, you would actually be really I into it. That show. Oh, you did watch it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I loved I it. I was. Tunes. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, so they did those. When I was showing uh, my girlfriend Natalie, when I went to sh uh, show her some of the videos, whatever, it was the Tiny Toons version. So I was like, well, yeah, you know, like people my age, that was their first exposure to They Might Be Giants. And then they were also on this show called Kablam, which did like little like cartoons. You know, there was like, you know, like these like indie cartoons played like in a compilation. And some They Might Be Giants music videos were on there. So for the, the yeah. Sun song, Why Is the Sun Shine, that yeah. they did, and they paused in the middle or whatever, we're a little weird about it, uh, that was on there. And so was Dr. Worm, which we heard as the uh, yeah. finale. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, I love that song. That song was originally a studio recording, one of only three, on a live album that they released. My favorite of their live albums, uh, Severe Tire Damage. Yeah, there were three... So that's the one, Gar, I think, that has the Planet of the Apes outro thing where they're doing like a... You know, they do all these little yeah. Planet of the Apes-inspired recordings. Right. Uh, again, a very nerdy band. The nerdiest band you've ever heard of. I love of. that about them. I uh, know. That's their appeal. 
that's well, it's for me that's their appeal sure I yeah enjoy that because i picture them recording this stuff in the bedroom or somewhere because uh-huh. that's what the first what three albums were no see so, so they were well yes the first yeah, yeah yeah the first yeah i, I several I, it's somewhere between the first two and four i don't remember uh-huh. which which the first one where i i should have checked beforehand but they were originally on uh, an indie label none such maybe or yeah. something like that uh, and they were a big seller for that because they were they got big on the college radio. Don't let start and wow. and Ang, you know some of these early hits. And then they play. I was telling Natalie on the way home from the concert. I was like, you know, I was thinking while I was watching the show. They've got real three big constituencies, right? They've got the people who were in their late teens, early twenties when they were first getting started in the late eighties and early nineties. So you know late boomers and then mm-hmm. various ages of Gen Xers. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who listen to them on the college radio, mm-hmm. who are into those sorts of songs. And then there are the people who are my age, like millennials, who like first like heard some of their songs on like 90s cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then later on Cartoon Network, the things that Gar and I have talked about, the, the Cartoon Network groovies, which I was really into, uh, they would have some of their songs on there and Homestar Runner and various other places. So, you know, that crowd. Yeah. And then in the 2000s, I forget about this because I was not the target demographic, but they started releasing like uh, educational, like children's albums. Here come the ABCs, oh, here come the 123s. Yes. Those are fantastic. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The stuff, it, it's pretty good because they might be giant style songs, but like trying to tell you like how like the powers of five work or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Um, so then there's also a Gen Z crowd who, uh, you know, grew up on that sort of stuff. And there's just, but the concert <laughs> that we went to was clearly more geared towards mostly the me crowd, you know, because they were playing a lot of those Dr. Worm and the Sun song, whatever, yeah. a lot of those, like, ones that people my age would have watched on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, they, but they did also play Don't Let's Start, which is a, was, yes. a, was the banger off their first and album. Birdhouse. Which well, was Birdhouse was also hit. on Flood. They played all the songs on Flood, to it be was, fair. It was their biggest hit, probably, was Birdhouse. Mm-hmm. Yes, Birdhouse it, was, it, 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 it is still their best-selling single, yes. Um, but what's wonderful about them is they have managed to create their own career and get a cult following, which to me is like, that is the best. Sure, the cult yeah. following is better than the huge stardom. Mm-hmm. It's pure. It's, yeah. And it, it, it's uh, usually loyal. Yes, mm, exactly. So these people are going to go to whatever, whatever they might be trying yeah. they probably go to more than one. And there were all stripes there. You know, there were like people who clearly are diehard fans and then people right. who were just like my age were like, yeah, I remember this on TV in the 90s. You right. know? Well, but to be fair, as you say, mm-hmm. you dealt into their catalog. Oh, I absolutely did. Because, because I, of your interest. Yes. It sparked his interest from what he heard and mm-hmm. what he saw. Well, it was, it, it was one of those things where like I got into music when I was in like my teens or whatever. Uh, and I had heard They Might Be Giant songs earlier, and I still liked a lot of them. You know, mm-hmm. some of the ones I heard were real bangers. Uh, you know, the Why Is the Sunshine and, and, and uh, Dr. Worm and Particle Man are all great, and Istanbul yeah. are all great songs. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I kept those songs. And so then I would look, you know, m- more into it and be like, okay, well, I'll get this album, Flood, that's got Particle Man and... and uh, I love that about you, 
because you want to delve into, you know, you don't stay on the surface. Well, as you and I... Most people are on the surface. You know, that's true, and that's fine too. You know. Yes. I mean, you know, delving in for me is is exciting. Other people, you know, just like hearing the hits. But yes, we, as Gar and I have talked about before, I love an album where you can just listen to all the songs in the album. Mm-hmm. They might be Giants. Flood is one of those. There's a couple songs that I'll usually skip just because you know uh, I'm a big Genesis fan. Selling Alien by the Pound, I always skip. I know what I like. It's a good song, but I don't like it on that album. See how he is. So that's a, you and you and me have to go to the musical box when they play. Oh yeah, I'd love to. There's a band called Musical Box, mm-hmm. and they play Genesis songs. Oh, and, and they do the Genesis concerts. But they do it exact, like note for note, and uh-huh. except for Homeboy's voice, which is and, well, no, he's pretty good at doing a Peter. He's pretty good at doing Peter Gabriel, but he does still sound a little bit like him. I don't mind it. it it's gonna be anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, he does a very good and job. So I went with somebody that was really in Genesis, and we went and saw Musical Box, uh-huh. and I was like, fuck, this is really good. Cause oh. it was live. They're really good. And so they, the band Genesis found out about them. Uh-huh. Of course. And then offered them all the their... Uh, you know their tracks. Oh, really? Uh, so they could, you know, get everything exactly wow. as they played. Oh, uh-huh, <laughs> sure. And they sanctioned them as their official. Oh, yep. Band. So if they ever come around, we, we could all go. Oh, okay. oh, I'd love it. You would love it. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I know I would because, like, I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't adore. Walk away going, okay, it's another Beatle band. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I sure. Walk away. And, Okay. Well, from my perspective, I never got the chance to see 70s, early 70s Genesis. This is your chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I'm aware of that. You know, like, I know that. I just, it's, I've never really had the opportunity to see the musical box. But I was like, yeah, you know, if, if the opportunity arose, I'd certainly go. My favorite was Lamwise Down. They did, uh, you know, Foxtrot and... Uh, Sung England. Yeah, they did that. Well, they did that song you don't listen to. Um, oh, oh, I know what I like. Yeah, of course. And then, uh, I like uh, Dancing on the Moon at Night. So when I was in high school, mm-hmm. they were a band to like, in the, if you were in the know of music, you know, it was like a big thing to show off. Like, oh. here's the obscure band that you don't even know about. Okay. You know, kind of a thing. And Genesis sure. was that for a oh. while. Genesis was big in Belgium and yeah. Italy long before they were big in England and the later the United oh. States. So I, I wanted to be on there. So I, of course, I got into Genesis. Yeah. You know, it was a different Genesis than the 80s Genesis. Oh, uh, yes. Night and day. Peter, Ga- Peter Gabriel was uh-huh. the guy in the band. So, you know, I did what you now do later, which is nerded out on everything they ever did. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, wanted to, to know everything about them. So I was telling Eric. <laughs> yeah. What was I telling you? Uh, about Genesis. Oh, uh, I like. It's a whole different experience. The what? It's a whole different experience from what back is? when. What's a whole Genesis. different experience? Genesis is a whole different Yes, from the 80s to. Oh, yeah. The oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different. Totally different band. Yes. Totally different band. Yes. Yes. Different band. yes. yes. Without Peter Gabriel. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's more than just that because you listen to the wind and the weathering, uh, the wind and weather, uh, wind and That's weathering. It's actually okay, but it's still not the same. It's not the same, but mm. but it's that same sort of idea. Of course, the band was not going to be the same without Peter Gabriel. Gabriel. Audition singers, oh. and they couldn't find a singer that sang Peter Gabriel as well as Phil Collins in the band, who, who had already been doing a lot of back backing vocals, which is crazy for a drummer. Phil uh, Collins, sure. 
Yes. You know, a talented man. And I went and saw them with Phil Collins. Yeah. Oh, that was like the first year, the wind and the weathering. And yeah, was it the wind and weathering or was it Trick of the Tail? Trick of the Tail. Sorry. Yes. That wind and the wind. Uh, you know, I appreciate Trick of the Tail. I got into that album. I got into that album really early on into my Genesis journey, my Genesis uh, Exodus, uh, <laughs> because uh, that song Los Endos uh, samples bits from Supper's Ready. Angel standing oh, in yes. the sun. Yes. You know, a clever idea. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. And then I got into the demon, the, the song about the, the spires of gold and all that, you know, whatever. Jerk of the Tail song, the one yeah. right before that. Yeah. T- the title track. It's it's different. It is different, yeah. When you compare it to Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, it's... Well, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway is, is unique among Genesis albums. So that was the pinnacle of Genesis as far as their creative juices as a band. Uh-huh. Was Lamb Lies Down and Broadway, oh. and it, you know it was a Peter Gabriel thing. Well, I mean Peter Gabriel and Tony Banks again, you know. I mean, but they never performed it live because Peter Gabriel left the band right after that. Oh. No, they did perform it live, and Peter Gabriel would put on the the Slipperman outfit and all that stuff. They never performed it live. Lamb Lies Down, yeah. Where? Lots of places. I don't know. Really? Look it up. Yeah, they had a tour that that was the. That was the nail in the coffin for the band. Mm. Well, the- that and the isolation during the recording because Peter Gabriel was going through a difficult um, pregnancy with his wife, his first wife, the one who uh, uh, had the experience with him that inspired Supper's Ready with the seeing the ghosts or whatever. Really? Yeah. Know that. Yeah, yeah. Peter Gabriel, like, you know, there was some sort of ghost or demon possession or something. I don't know. Look it up. I, you know, we don't claim to know everything on this podcast. I forgot. We don't know everything, and that's the beauty of it, is none of us know everything. That's right. Uh, none of you listeners oh, do, but if okay, you do, you can tweet at Gar. Because I see here a little movie mm-hmm. of oh, some kind of performance. Well, whatever it was, I probably was correct. I don't know. The first thing we're going to see is a commercial. You have been listening to Shooting the Shindig. Eric and Gar. Hey, Gar, where can they find you? Garstudios.com, garmontalbano.bandcamp.com. Those are good to start. Yeah. Get your toes wet with the Gar. All right, everybody. Good night. I'm gonna take you right to